Hello and welcome to Hacked Off Lockdown, episode two. We've got Zoom vulnerabilities, we've got staff complacency, we've all gone from sitting in our homes in suits for our video calls to sitting in dirty t-shirts and just hoping that we don't have any video calls scheduled in today. Also, it's the end of the month, so I'll do a little bit of a month in review, look at how things have changed over the last couple of weeks, and talking about what has been filling my Twitter feed, and that is Zoom, the video conferencing software. Um, As you can imagine, with many people now moving to work from home, many organisations having a work from home workforce, the usage of things like video conferencing software has gone through the roof, and therefore the scrutiny that these types of technologies have gone under is way up as well because of the potential impact. This is, you know, an expected thing. And it and it is something that businesses should be concerned about. You know, if you started using these technologies way more than previously, this can adjust the risk and, and therefore we should, you know, consider some of those things and see can we harden systems in such a way that any potential vulnerabilities in these systems would be less impactful, less likely, can be better managed. So I'm going to talk about Zoom because Zoom has been filling my Twitter feed. But really, uh, I want I want this to be taken away as, as generic advice. I, I don't want people sitting at home having a little bit of a chuckle at Zoom and saying, oh, this is fine, we don't use that solution, we use a common alternative. No, please consider the, these risks more generically than that as we work through kind of think, you know, how can we harden against some of these potential issues if they impacted whatever solution you were using? So uh, Zoom has come under scrutiny. Certainly, I would imagine a a part of this has come from the fact that the Prime Minister Boris Johnson shared the fact that he had used Zoom for a cabinet meeting. So they'd been using Zoom as their solution, at least for some um, government meetings, and this led to scrutiny under Zoom. This isn't the first time that people have looked into this software and found issues, though. So a good example of that, a good example of some of the, the history of issues might be Back in 2019, June 2019, a serious flaw was found on the Mac client for Zoom, which allowed a website to cause a user to join a Zoom call with their camera active. So if you could uh, trick or coerce a user into visiting a malicious website, you could cause a Zoom call to take place with their camera active. So think, you know, phishing risks, getting users to click malicious links, those kinds of things. This is interesting and worth highlighting, even though it's old, um, because... In the same report, there was a feature highlighted where if you had previously had the Zoom client installed and had since removed it, there was a locally running web server which could reinstall it. Um, That's possibly not something that users would expect, possibly not something that users would be happy with, and of course, security flaws around that. However, the interesting thing is that Apple actually took the step to remove the web server, to remove that feature, Uh, directly themselves and they did that using their malware removal tool so this isn't the first time that that zoom's come under some scrutiny for interesting features but that was last year what is happening this year well we've seen privacy concerns around zoom uh, sending personal data to facebook even if you're not a facebook user this was through their mobile application where there was a login with Facebook option added that was sending user data to Facebook. It's now been removed. A lot of users not happy around the kind of uh, privacy side of things. 
I've also heard in, in that kind of um, data protection way that Zoom's end-to-end encryption might not actually be what you think it is. So in some of Zoom's marketing materials, they've referred to the connections as being end-to-end encrypted or that uh, calls are possible to be end-to-end encrypted if you if you choose uh, certain call options, that kind of thing. Uh, however, it's possibly not what you would expect it to be when we say end-to-end. When we say end-to-end encrypted as security professionals, we, we generally mean the data transfer is encrypted in such a way that it cannot be intercepted. This is not centralized encryption. It's not passing through some server which manages encryption. It's encrypted at one end and not decrypted until it reaches the other end. It sounds logical. However, uh, Zoom has been using transport layer security, not what we would call end-to-end encryption. So it, it doesn't mean that the data is encrypted. It just means things like um, Zoom could potentially decrypt that data. It, it isn't what many security experts would expect. And, and this, of course, is uh, a concern for some who, who are interested in protecting, you know, that confidential data in, in a certain way and also concerned around just the, the use of language, this this potentially misleading terminology. It's other things, though, I think the biggest uh, issue that has been highlighted and certainly been filling my social media is around an issue to do with UNC paths. You may have heard of it. I'll, I'll give a quick summary just in case you haven't. But it's certainly been the most controversial with some people referring to it, you know, using terminology like zero day, Zoom zero day released. Some people talking about things like remote code execution and how and when that could be possible, credential theft and how and when that could be possible. And others referring to it as not even a vulnerability. It's just the system operating as designed and essentially to be expected. So, So what does that actually mean? Well, Zoom allows participants to send text-based messages to each other. There's a there's an inbuilt chat feature. And if you uh, share a link with the chat feature, it'll be turned into a hyperlink. So if you share a web address, it'll become a clickable hyperlink. This also happens for UNC paths. Uh, UNC Universal Naming Convention. Um, if you've not used that term before, it's the kind of path that you would use for connecting to a file share on a Windows system. So the kind of path that starts with two backslashes and... Uh, allows you to connect to a, a file share. This this is a concern because on, on many systems, that the, the default configuration is if a user were to click one of these links, their device would attempt to authenticate with the remote machine to allow them to connect to the file share. So if a malicious user or an attacker who is able to join the Zoom call through some medium we'll talk about in a second, and a user clicks that link, it could cause the user's machine to connect to the malicious uh, participant's machine and send credentials to them. Those credentials would be cryptographically protected. They would be hashed. However, of course, hash cracking does exist. So uh, credentials could be stolen um, using this feature or vulnerability, whichever you prefer. Um, this is this is really common um, as an attack. You know, this kind of forced authentication thing where a user's credentials are sent without the user being aware or possibly without the user wanting them to be sent without them realizing what's happening. Um, you know, a, a great risk that, you know, threat actors and penetration testers alike w- would uh, leverage wherever possible. Um, but yeah, it is the system kind of working as expected. When you try to connect to a file share, generally you would expect the machine to send credentials so that you can access the file share. You know, single sign-on is a common thing. 
with uh, with file shares and with Active Directory and with Windows systems. And, you know, the convenience of being able to share links within a text chat that you can just click. So it does require this kind of malicious participant thing. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, some people saying this isn't a vulnerability because this is just how all of these parts work together. And yes, it is a risk because when you put these parts together in this way, it can cause a security impact. But it's uh, broken by design, I guess. Is there anything we can do about the US UNC path issue immediately? Of course, Zoom are looking into it to see what they can do to see whether, it, you know, what the best remediation from their point of view is. Um, I think one of the things to, to look at here is just, just how are things set up? How are your users connecting? And where would network traffic go? Generally, if all of your staff were in the office, you would have some protection in place, such as um, making sure that uh, network traffic, SMB traffic, um, TCP 445 was um, filtered at the perimeter. You wouldn't generally be expecting users to connect to file shares on the internet. And therefore, if you block that traffic at the perimeter, it, it can uh, minimize the potential uh, likelihood of these kinds of attacks where, uh, you know, an attacker shares a file share, you click the link and it connects to the uh, attacker's machine. It would mean the attacker would have to be on the same network and the local network, something like that. The reason that I point this out is... Of course, now that everybody's working from home, we're currently in lockdown. How is your network actually now architected such that if a user did click one of those links, you know, where does that traffic go? Don't default to the idea of, oh, well, it just goes down the VPN and it's protected in the same way. Um, I mean, of course, as a penetration tester, I would be saying, you know, test these things. Actually test these things and see, see what happens. Um, you know, confirm the way that you think it's configured. Could, for example, an attacker... Um, compromise the wireless network that the user is on. If the user is on a shared, an open, or a weak wireless network, um, could we perform this attack and then have those credentials be shared over the the UNC path on on the local network connection? Those kinds of things. Does does it actually all go down the VPN? Something something to confirm. Something to think about. Uh, you can of course turn off that feature where authentication happens by default. That could be disruptive depending on how your organization works maybe, you know, if users are using file shares, you, you, you might not want to do that. But this is the kind of thing that I'm talking about here. It's like, you know, don't look at this as a, a Zoom issue. Look at this as, you know what, it's a common thing that attackers are going to want to try and do. They're going to want to try and do placing these UNC paths in places that users might um, be tricked, coerced into clicking on them. And when they do, trying to capture credentials from that or looking at broader attacks, although less likely, things like SMB Relay. Um, so yeah, take a look at how your actual setup, now that everybody's working from home, is impacted by these kinds of vulnerabilities, even if the system is working as designed. One more thing on, on Zoom and video conferencing in general, before I move on to complacency and having my feet on the desk as I record this podcast, is um, Zoom bombing. I think it's a, a terrible name for, for what it is, but uh, the idea that participants of a call can do things like um, taking control of the, the screen, um, sharing content to other users, displaying offensive messages, those kinds of things. It might sound a bit silly in your context, but it's certainly been hitting the news recently because of things like, um, you know, classrooms now being remote with, with many um, school children uh, being at home and taking lessons over video conferencing software such as Zoom, where those participants can, can take control of the screen. In many of these cases, this is just an education piece, a kind of security awareness piece for the, the hosts of these calls. You know, 
make sure you disable lock down these features that you're not intending to use. You can do things like making it so that only the host can share the screen. Depending on what software you're using, depends on what the hardening options are and of course what the defaults are. But there's some security awareness there around that kind of thing. It doesn't only impact this kind of classroom um, idea of things. It could be any time that you're running, you know, um, public meetings, any time that you're having a video conference or, or, or a webinar or something like that where, you know, you're sharing the link widely and letting people join in. There, there's a risk there. So, so look at those hardening options and make sure that people who are performing these kinds of video conferences, webinars, those kinds of things, uh, are aware of those options and how to enable them. Or if it works for your organization, you'll set those to default. So it's a, a thing to consider. So yeah, you know what, video conferencing, it, there's some risks there. They've come under scrutiny a lot, of, of course they have recently. And um, some interesting things to consider, but definitely, definitely uh, if you haven't looked at security awareness around video conferencing solutions and hardening systems against things like uh, UNC paths and um, hashes being disclosed over file shares, something to consider. I, I did mention recording this podcast with my feet on the desk though, I'm joking there, of course. However, I'm trying to highlight the point of staff complacency. This is uh, definitely a thing that's going to uh, impact some organizations now that everybody's been at home, depending on where you are and depending on when you started self-isolating. It could be two weeks, could be three weeks, could be four weeks. Some people have been at home for a long time and maybe some of their practices are starting to slip now. I think everybody's um, been doing a big push on things like um, phishing awareness but maybe it's time to look at kind of broader security awareness things. I mentioned a second ago, security awareness around hardening video conferencing. It, it's those kinds of things. It's, it's time to start thinking about, you know, how can we make sure that users are aware of the differences now that they're working from home and, and understanding, you know, what's expected still, that there's definitely going to be some complacency issues. I, I joked about, you know, starting the lockdown, sitting at my desk wearing a suit, and then, you know, now I'm wearing a hacked off t-shirt. And, and slowly degrading from there. I'm not sure if by the end of lockdown, if I'll be in a onesie surrounded by plushies, but it's something for, for businesses to consider, you know, how how do you manage that risk? Extenuating circumstances, you know, this isn't just people working from home. It's not, you know, not how working from home used to be. This is working under a pandemic and people are staying at home essentially all of the time now. A lot of people are under lockdown conditions and that, and that impacts us. So something to consider from the security risk point of view. And then um, finally, there's also considerations around job roles changing. So uh, maybe not something that, that the IT department have considered if it hasn't impacted them, but with um, some companies reducing staff through things like furloughing or even just un under duress, getting people to help out in job roles that aren't their usual role. I've seen this with a couple of companies, for example, where technical members of staff have kind of been conscripted onto the sysadmin team to just help out just for a short period of time. Um, you know, making sure that systems are working, systems are stable, shutting down systems that are no longer required anymore, making those kind of network changes. Some of the people in some organizations have been helping out with that have, you know, that's not their day-to-day -day job role. They're just doing it because of the circumstances. Um, if that has impacted your organization, if you do have people doing uh, roles that they wouldn't necessarily be doing, um, there's definitely a security awareness piece around that as well. You know, um, you're adding somebody to the sysadmin team. How are you sharing credentials with them? Those kinds of things. I think 
possibly the the IT team you maybe could make a prediction that they would be you know better at sharing credentials creating accounts checking appropriate permissions those kinds of things but they might not be the only department that's impacted by this kind of job role change due to due to the circumstances job role change due to a reduction in in staff so it's it's something to go through maybe now is a good time to do a, a privilege review looking at who has access to what and whether they still need it I mentioned turning systems off. Maybe that's a thing that your organization hasn't yet considered. And, and it's something to look at. If there are systems that are online that are just no longer being used, um, can you literally power them off? Um, that, of course, would reduce the attack surface. So an example here might be something like, um, if none of your members of staff are going to some of your offices, can you turn the Wi-Fi off for those offices? If nobody is expected to connect to it, Maybe that's something you can do, reducing that attack surface wherever possible. Or I guess in the very least, you should have some real strong alerting around those systems that are not being expected to be used. If you have um, staff who aren't being expected to log in, maybe they're, they're furloughed or something like that, increasing the alerting around those things, locking accounts where, where, where they're not necessary. But yeah, good time to do a, a attack surface review, taking a look at you know estate discovery, those kinds of things, and, and seeing um, can you reduce that attack surface, can you reduce that complexity, and can you um, harden those things now that hopefully all of the system changes have settled down a little bit and those who are working from home and now been working from home from, from a, for a couple of weeks so just something to consider. And that's this week's lockdown rant. Video conferencing, security issues, system hardening, security awareness. There's still a lot to consider. There's still some changes. And uh, we're probably still going to be in lockdown for another couple of weeks. So thank you very much for listening. And I will see you in the next episode.